Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Manthology Show, life by three white guys in their 30s. In today's episode, Freddie Mercury's protege, escapism, and toolboxes. Josh and Derek, welcome to the show. Blake, I would like to start this show by thanking Josh as a Southerner for the wonderful invention that is sweet tea. This is one of the many things that we've gotten from the South that I appreciate on an almost daily basis. And it would make life not worth living to not have it. So wow. thank you, Josh, for sweet tea. I think we as you as it. you know, my family was directly responsible mm-hmm. for the invention of sweet tea. So my yeah. family I, invented yes. sweet tea. Uh, the sweet yes. tea magnates, of, of course. My great 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 grandfather Jebediah Ryan from the South <laughs> was the inventor of sweet tea. Yeah. Everyone yeah, knows. I think our listeners don't really know that Rhine is actually Latin for those of sweetest mm-hmm. tea. So mm-hmm. long Southern tradition down here. Yeah. <clears throat> Old yeah. money. Okay, so today on the show, we want to start with, well, I want to start with, um, I teased it in, the, in just a couple minutes ago, Freddie Mercury's protege. Are either of you familiar with this person? No. To Josh? <laughs> Yes, but I'll say no. Okay, thanks because <laughs> it makes for better radio. Down. It really is. <laughs> I'm talking about the Struts. Have either of you heard of the Struts? Like, do they play Swedish death metal? Oh, no. <laughs> then it's safe to assume Derek's <laughs> never heard of them. But you're but, thinking of the Struts. But <laughs> but Derek, I know you're a Guns N' Roses fan, and if so, and a Freddie Mercury fan and Queen fan, I you would like this band. Well, I mean, I don't know that I'd say fan as much as respector. I am a respector. Yeah, I think fans. you made that very clear. Okay, fair enough. Josh, have you heard the struts? I have. I've heard the single, and it is it is a uh, it's a toe tapper. Yeah, <laughs> there's a couple singles. Anyway, this guy seriously, he he holds himself like Freddie Mercury. He he kind of his delivery's like that dude from some forty one, and then they got the whole. Motley Crue poison vibe thrown in there in oh. terms of I mean it is a, it is a sweet sound and one that doesn't come around very often to rock and roll so I'm totally digging on the struts totally I hope I, I hope they bring a little bit of a bad boy back to rock and roll can we, it yes. is a boring can we please, landscape right now can we please the freaking millennials are ruining rock and roll are, do the, for, does this band play guitars, Blake? Oh yes, they. Okay, play that's okay. Good. That's that's check. good. That's check one. Now they need to go on a Twitter rant uh, induced by alcohol, where they bury everyone who listens to oh, them. Oh, they're alcoholic. Good. Okay. Because I'm yeah. sick and tired of rock and roll being squeaky clean. This just just infuriates me. Says says the man that doesn't drink. I love the Derek. I love the Derek is rallying for alcoholism, and he doesn't makes, drink. But he knows what makes good rock and roll. Now let's talk about powder intake. <laughs> where 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 are their coke and heroin levels at? No, I won't. I won't deny. I'm certainly not. I'm like Derek. I don't endorse recreational drugs and even alcohol. I'm I'm just living large on water. But I will say. I'm very grateful for it because it turns out incredible amounts of art and music and creativity. Yes. Yeah, yeah I, let's be clear. We're not endorsing drug use unless you're making records. In which <laughs> when your life for my benefit. That's what I'm going to say. You go get strung out and ruin your life so I, I can enjoy it. entertained, music. dang it. I know. It's like I've always said. 
I'm sorry if you don't know this. Most people do know this, but your favorite song was written on cocaine. Yes. <laughs> so just putting it out there. Well, and I'm not even just talking about drugs, though. I'm just, you know, it's nice to hear these guys are making bad decisions. That's a good sign. <laughs> Rec- for the yes. Reckless living is what we're talking about. Yeah, that's good. But also, I don't want too many of these kids, they're all nice. Like they get a good, they pick up. No one used to pick up a guitar to be nice. They used to pick up a guitar because they were angry at the world and they wanted to say something about it. But it's hard to be angry at the world when you live in your parents' basement until you're 30. You know what I mean? Like I'm sick and tired of these nice kids writing music about love and you know this girl that they met once in high school that they kind of liked. I want to hear songs about you know some rage. Let's get some. Let's bring rock back to rock and roll. And I want some rock stars too. I'm sick and tired of these kids thanking the fans. You don't thank the fans. You berate them and then you punish them with riffs. <laughs> punish them with a. Yes. Okay. De- speaking yes. of rage, Derek, and you seem to be on a little stint of rage, and I very much like it. Um, do you are you a fan? I probably already know the answer. Are you a fan of Rage Against the Machine? I mean, I respect. They're a band that I respect. Respecter. That's an I respect. <laughs> so here's one of my things. I recently went to a show. It was Sebastian Bach, the ex-singer of Skid Row. Okay. We'll see back. Seaback. So he is notoriously a dick. He's a huge <laughs> jerk. Big rock star a-hole, right? Yeah. He comes out on stage he gets three, like literally like three seconds into the first song and he's not happy with the sound. So he slams down the microphone. He storms off the stage. The show almost didn't happen. And I, I was actually fine with that because (laughs) rock and roll should be dangerous. When you go to a show, there should be an element of, I don't know what's going to happen. Hopefully we get a show. Who knows? I liked that element being in rock and roll. And he came back out and he finished the show, but first he berated the sound guy. And then he said the venue was unprofessional. Like he was a rock star. It was awesome. And we need that back in rock and roll. Fair enough. Anyway, first of all, I'm... before I finish the show, let me burn every bridge that got yes. me. And then I'll do 18 in life. But here's the best thing. You know why he can do that? Because he's going to play 18 in life and sell that's that nice. place out. And they're going to bring him back because they need the star and he's a rock star and that's what i love and i these kids are too nice anyway i'm well, ranting about no this. you're not ranting that's i think you should go check out the struts i think they have right. it and again this doesn't come around in rock and roll very long several maybe some maybe tell, all but... of them are gonna you know become alcoholics and we're gonna lose this right. pretty soon so you better enjoy it well until I mean, that's get... what we're hoping for right we yeah, get a couple of good albums and then <laughs> I don't want to say what it'll be, but something will happen, you know. <laughs> but nonetheless, we'll be entertained. Yeah, like, what, what is VH1 going to do in 20 years with the Behind the Musics? This band, you know, had a nice career and lasted a long time and then faded out. No, we need more stories of bands that went down in a blaze. Can, can you can you imagine, like, the... <laughs> That's oh, the millennial to, yeah, version yeah, like, of Behind oh, the Oh, it's going to be like... Oh. It's, it's, it's going to be terrible. Snorefest. It's going to be... No, it'll be comical. It'll be like... John then was suffered bullying over Twitter and gave up the game. Uh, <laughs> After being... I, the second album that we recorded in GarageBand uh, came out and had some good reviews. That's a, we uh, we toured behind it. Then about a week and a half. And then, uh, yeah, we just hung it up. <laughs> oh, man. They're, yeah, it's going to be boring. We, okay, if you've got any, if, any fans of the Struts out there, let us know. Or if if we're right here, should should we applaud <laughs> reckless lifestyles for our own musical aural enjoyment? 
uh, let us know, men at menthologyshow.com or Twitter at menthologyshow. Our first talking point today, Josh and Derek, is one that is that men in particular, some women too, we're not going to be, we're equal opportunity sexist sort of on this show. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, uh, we're particularly good at this. The male species is good at, at this one thing, and I'm talking about escapism. Okay. What is the deal? <laughs> so what? what's the deal with escapism? And, and why do men seemingly do more of it than women? And are people who enjoy or like their life less likely to escape than others? What, what, are, you, what are your thoughts on escapism? How, how are we defining escapism? <clears throat> I'm talking... That's a great question. Fair enough. I would, I would typically assume where you're trying to get off in, in, in imagination land or fantasy land or you're escaping with video games and pretending to be um, you know, a soldier or a superhero or you're watching TV and living vicariously through... I don't, I don't know. Or maybe so a little, little disconnect, blowing off some steam. Um, Is that what we're talking about? No, I think it's more of like... No, maybe it is more games, or maybe it's more trying to take state again while watching your favorite football team and doing an NFL draft. That yeah, kind I mean, of escapism. I think like sports are a form of escapism. I do too. And, yeah, I, just that's, anything that's that like what I'm saying. Yeah, it's not blowing off steam, Josh. Like, or maybe it is. Maybe it's I mean, I was say, maybe it's just a mild version. Like <laughs> I'm in my mid thirties now. My definition of blowing off steam is a lot different than it was ten years ago. <laughs> No, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I just, I've always been fascinated by this. In my, okay, my, the reason I bring this up is it seems as though, I don't know, at least at this point in my life, I'm escaping less often and I'm fine with it. I'm, I'm having a good time. So I, <laughs> I don't play near as many games or I, as I used to. Sports aren't near as important or get me riled up as they do, I, although I still enjoy both. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm becoming soft in my old age when it comes to my escapism habits. Do are either of you like that as well? Oh yeah. No, I uh, I like to check out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I you know football season just started recently, and and I am a man who enjoys his football. So um, if that's a form of escapism, then yeah, I I I do enjoy sort of disconnecting from the phone and from work and just sort of vegging out into a good couple of games or so. But I don't know that that's like, when I hear escapism, I feel like there's a little bit of negative to that. I don't think. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't. No, no way. Yeah. I don't think escapism has a negative connotation to it at all. I'm just more fascinated. Maybe that's just my own guilt then. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm just, I'm just more fascinated by it, how it works. I don't completely understand it. Um, and again, I, I, it does seem like, at least, with, at least with men, my opinion would be men typically do dabble in escapism. Like you don't, you don't see, man, how can I say this? It, it's, it's, just it's say very, it. I know, just say it. No, no. Well, it, like, okay. Women are very good at nurturing. So they're, they're not watching superheroes or going off and fantasizing about how they can be better nurturers. Whereas we're kind of fantasizing about being better primal killers of meat or right. that's what I, that's what I'm saying. Like there's, there's I, this machoism involved. So Josh, when you're partic- partaking or participating, uh, even just viewing football, I, I tend to think that a lot of the men doing it, you're kind of connecting with that inner combative demonstrative ego side where you're, you're trying to ram horns with that Ram and beat him that, but you just do it 
through the lens of a football team that wears pads and yeah. abides by kind of funny rules sometimes. Well, maybe. That's, a, that's an interesting point. I've never, I never thought of it like Derek? that. I, I think you're onto something here, Blake. And I, I, I think we have to say, too, that we're, we're obviously speaking very generally here. Of course, there are girls who are nerds who go to Comic-Con and do the whole escapism thing. We're not saying there's not, but writ large, the, there seems to be more men at those things doing the escapism thing than women. And I've noticed it in my life. There are things I get really excited and, and nerd out about. You know, I, I watch Rambo, and it's a movie I've seen uh, so I, Predator is another. I was just watching oh, Predator man. the other day. So we, we've, we we've we've established we've yeah. we've talked about Predator and how much it means to us on a, as a podcast. Um, I'm watching Predator. My wife comes home, sees me watching Predator, and just she rolls her eyes and she says, "You should see yourself watching Predator." <laughs> like there's and there's something about like I've seen the kills a million times, but I'm still like like oh he's gonna tear out his spine like. <laughs> There's something, there's something about it that like I just get lost in and totally into. That when my wife comes home and as part of the real world, you know, she's concerned about her career and things like that. You know, she like rolls her eyes and goes, "Why don't Why don't you like do something instead of sitting here watching Predator? How can you just why don't you do something?" And I'm like, "What are you talking about? It's Predator, you know." But I've noticed that a lot. That no. there are things I escape in cartoons. I'm, you know, a big fan of cartoons. Where she'll just kind of roll her eyes and like do her notes for work. And I think it's it's maybe like a maturity thing. I feel like girls generally are much more mature well, than boys. I, okay, I that's I, a fair generalization. I, I, yeah, I, I, w- I would agree with that. But I do believe that women <clears throat> escape in their own ways. So. Yes. Again, this is going to be sexist, but Daniel Steele is selling novels to chicks. She ain't selling it to men. Yeah. That's yeah. that is freaking women. So romance lit, um, you know Jane Austen, the OG of romance lit. You've got chick no flicks. You, I mean, you got freaking Fifty Shades of Grey. So it's almost like women aren't getting their emotional love needs, so they kind of escape in these fantasy lands to try to get of course. a little well, down. Yeah, and, and, That's because we're watching Predator in football all the time. <laughs> yeah, a more modern example would be like the trash reality TV. Like that's yeah, most no, yeah, The Bachelor people. stuff, I totally yeah. agree, yeah. Oh, you know what? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I, yeah. most of the girls that are yeah. friends of mine watch these lousy reality TV shows. They love them, and I can't, I don't understand. So you know, the yeah. next time your chick is giving you a hard time for watching the game. You say, hey, babe, listen, why don't you go upstairs and turn on your freaking Real Housewives <laughs> of wherever you're living, and I'll be down here. Okay, so okay? I, I, think, I think we've established that both genders participate in escapism, probably equal amounts. We just have our more macho Different versions ways. of it. Um, why then? I mean, is that, is that like, are, 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 Josh, when you watch football or when I do, are we not – feeling like we're letting our aggression out as much as we would want to. So we do it vicariously. Is that, I feel like I've got other ways to let my aggression out for me. I mean, it's the ultimate power lounging and it is a (laughs) full contact relaxation. (laughs) And that's why I'm not joking. That's why I look forward to football season. like. Like crazy. And this is your so favorite time you. of year. Is this your favorite time? It is, time hands of- down. Oh, okay. and, and because of the seasons. Like it's just such a such a wonderful time. And and yeah, I, I try to I do I try to make sure all my husbandlies and all my work stuff is done so I can have yeah. yeah, I have little in my way. 
to watch as much good football as Josh, I can. Josh, speaking of football, are you a cornhole fan? Oh, love the cornhole. I will beat you. Oh, wait, are you talking about the game? <laughs> yeah, the game. I'm sorry, I couldn't resist. I was oh. just sitting there. <laughs> it was just sitting I there. So you sorry, I love God. getting in the cornhole. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, well, I've, yeah, I've actually only played that a handful of times, oh, but it is fun. That's tailgating game right there, baby. That's a it fun is. game. Derek, have you ever played cornhole? Oh, I grew up in rural oh, Pennsylvania. Of course man. I played. Yeah. Are you good? I'm damn good at cornhole, boy. We, we, we need to get a meetup, the three of us, <laughs> with our best listeners and play have a cornhole tournament. That's right. Oh, man. Stay tuned for that, listeners. Anyway, if you got any ideas of why, I, I tend to think... You know, I've studied a little psychology in my life, and I tend to think that maybe there's some needs that aren't being met on one of those, on both those sides, and that's why we tend to escape in things. Can I so, posit a theory here, Blake? Yeah, you pr- propose one, please. I I got to tell you, I'm not so sure that the way we've arranged our lives is the optimal way a living being should live. We're going to jobs, you know, 40 hours a week, leaving the people we care about to go hang out with people we couldn't really care less about and you know, working all the time. And, and I just feel like that sucks. And, and this isn't the way, you know, it's not like monkeys are doing that. They're hanging out all day. You know what I mean? I feel like we've kind of created a world where we need escapism because no one wants to, you know what I mean? Like, so that, I think yeah. that's why. You know, kid, you know, that's why I like cartoons, because I don't have to worry about all the bull crap that's coming in the mail that I got to pay for. You know, it's like, Derek, that's heavy stuff. Yeah, really? it actually it actually aligns with the story I'm doing right now for a big um, software company. And it's on studying the effects of work. And what I, I'm talking to this guy and he's kind of saying the same thing of you. He said, look, pre-industrial revolution we were all solo entrepreneurs and we worked and we saw our families a lot more we ate with them a lot more it wasn't until ford and i love ford i think he's a man's man came with the industrial revolution that that's when we went into like away from our homes into these 40-hour things and this guy's claiming that he thinks with technology and the way things are headed we're all going to go back to solo entrepreneurs soon and i think it'd be Mm -hmm. amazing i mean i'm i'm blessed that i'm i am a solo entrepreneur i get way flexible hours. I eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner with my family. And he's claiming that we're headed that way where once technology can fill in all the gaps, we yeah. can't, we can allow civilization to move back to solo entrepreneurs and we don't have to go to these big buildings and work on factory. Line. I mean, someone's going to have to, you're right. There's sometime there's always going to be someone with manual labor jobs that have to get, have to get done at least for the foreseeable future. But that his, his predictions and the research I was doing for the story match up perfectly with what you're saying that, Maybe we're not doing it right, you know, in, in the mm-hmm. industrial age. And we're moving away from the industrial age into the information age, he claimed. So, yeah, and then after that, there won't be as many Daniel Steele novels because, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we'll be the caring, nurturing husbands that we should be. Yeah, maybe. It's fascinating. That's a, that is a fascinating point. Josh, any thoughts on that before we, before we move on? No, I agree. But I also think some of it is just good old-fashioned R&R. Like, and I, no matter what you do, everybody's got stressors and things like that. Um, no matter how good you got it, sometimes it's just good to disconnect, unwind, and uh, do a little power lounging. Yeah, no, no judgment. I, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think there's a lot of necessarily judgment on that part. But that's a good point that Derek brought up. That oh yeah, maybe, absolutely. Maybe escapism is. is higher in the industrial age because we're away from homes and our and our relationships and our needs more than we were before. That, that's we have built ourselves a prison. <laughs> okay, speaking of uh, building 
things. <laughs> I want you know we we have this ongoing series. We've done it periodically on this show called Taking a Stand, and and in Taking a Stand we tackle a subject that is that is known to be particularly manly. And so on today's episode, we're going to finish today's episode by taking a stand on toolboxes. Josh, Derek, <laughs> any thoughts on toolboxes? Well, you got to put them in something. <laughs> <laughs> See you okay, next let, week, folks. Let, let me, let me say, I, I should have got given some more context. So here's my context. Here's my context for this. I used to have this tiny toolbox because I'm a man that works, my tool is a keyboard and a screen. It's pretty lame, but that's what I work on. Okay. So I had, I had, before I had this really ridiculous toolbox and my brother-in-law kind of shamed me for it. He's like, that's your toolbox. I kind of felt <laughs> inadequate. So, so you know what I did to beef up my toolbox? I did what all good nerds do. I got on Google and, and Googled the best tools that every man I went to Amazon. <laughs> I, I did. I ordered all my tools off Amazon following a list of the 11 or 12 necessary tools every man should have. I bought all 11. I got them on two prime day shipping, and I bought a bigger, more beefier toolbox. When he saw that toolbox, he was like, it's a start. That's what he said. Oh, and so, yeah, that's that's... That's a so, great way to – I, I <laughs> so that, completely applaud that. Okay, okay. Well, so – but then I go to my neighbor, Sean, really cool guy. He has that huge craftsman thing that takes over half his – I've never – I mean, it's like – I don't even know where to begin with it. How many drawers do you need? How many tools do you have in that craftsman <laughs> toolbox that is – it's a cabinet. It's not a toolbox. That's He's a, tool a pro. Cabinet. He's a pro. Well, where you guys fall in line? Are you guys tool pros or tool newbies like me? No, no. I'm in the middle. You know what I do? Here's my thing since, uh, since we got this house, since becoming a homeowner. Uh, every time something has come up that I needed to fix around here, and by fix I mean fumble my way through until I yeah. get extremely discouraged yes, and then yes. three days later call somebody and hire them to fix it. I will go buy the tool that I need, and so over the last couple of years, I've, I've, you know, I've built up uh-huh. my my collection a little bit. So, okay, so do, you don't have a little beefy. I don't have like, like a, a working a cabinet. Oh, it's like table? If something breaks. I'm not gonna be like, yeah, pull it right out of the garage. Well, I'll take a look at it. No, I've got a I've got a rack in my garage, and so then I've got I have. my toolbox, and then I've got. Uh, you know, a few power tools and things like that that just sort of take up that rack section. But yeah. I'm the same way. I've got a neighbor who's got the full-blown garage and wood shop and, you know, whatever. But that's not me. Derek, where do you stand with your toolbox? Blake, I've got a hammer in my drawer <laughs> and an incomplete screwdriver set that I've lost half the parts to. Okay. Yeah. That's about the extent of what I have. And I think this conversation, particularly how you started it by Googling what tools should I have, <laughs> is pretty much what this show is all about. And yeah. that really makes me like sometimes people ask, what's the show about? Well, we had to Google what tools, tools that you should have as a man. Like we're like, clearly we're trying, but we have no idea what to do. But, but Google is helping us get an yeah. idea. That's the Google's but yeah, but idea. like our fathers and their fathers didn't Google what tools they should have. It's like they were just yeah. born with the knowledge no, of what they weren't. We already taught. We already threw that generation under the bus. How they're the, they're the stupid ones that were, were too proud to ask for directions. Oh. That's just stupid. Okay. They were, yeah, but he's saying that 
He's saying that they already had those tools. Like they were brought up. Yeah. Oh, oh, I see. Okay. They, they yeah, like my school knowledge and stuff. I but see. But here, here's like we used to, or maybe I used to feel guilty or self conscious about like, you know, Googling a tool that you need or whatever. But that's who we are today. That's the, that's what's at our um, disposal. Yes, to, to learn things yeah. from. So there's no, there's no reason to feel bad. Case in point, I recently had to go buy a weed eater. Because Minecraft L. And so I was doing the research or whatever, and I was like, gosh, I don't want to buy a weed eater because then, like, if you guys have ever dealt with them, you got to gas them, and then there's two cycle, and you got to always mix. And I was like, dude, I don't want to do that. So I bought a freaking battery-powered 40-volt. And there was a part of me, I was like, the the, the stereotypical (laughs) man was like, don't buy a battery, you pussy. What are you (laughs) with that? But then I was like, you know what? That's so stupid. If this thing, if I could buy a weed eater that had a USB port on it, I would. <laughs> because that's the world we live in today. There's no sense in buying a freaking gas weed eater that I got to mix totally, two cycle with every dude, time. Totally with you, dude. I hate my two cycle. I got to mix it. It sucks every time. I, <laughs> yeah. I wish it would have got battery. Yeah. So I got battery. And guess what? It was one of the best consumer decisions of my life. <laughs> I love that thing. Uh, no, I'm I'm with Smart you there. Yeah, I view it with you there too, Josh. And the same goes like seriously. I I love I love the combustible engine. I love what it's done. I love where it's taken sure. us. It has been huge. But, but you know what? The USB port. <laughs> but Tesla? No, no, no. Let me finish. Tesla is better than the combustible engine. It's the next step. It's instant torque. You don't have to wait for it. It's incredible amounts of power. And once we figure out the batteries, it's going to take over the world. And I don't think there's any shame in moving away from loud V8 engines to a quiet super engine with instant torque. So better living through chemistry. Yeah. I totally agree. Totally agree. Um, Gentlemen, we've reached the end of our show. Josh, why don't you tell the listeners how they can participate in an upcoming episode? First of all, I'm going to go file a patent for a USB-powered week. <laughs> <laughs> but until then, get involved. Please support the show by visiting ManthologyShow.com to become a patron. You can also follow us on Twitter at ManthologyShow or send us an email, men at ManthologyShow.com. For Josh and Derek, I am Blake. Thank you so much for joining us and spending your day with us. We'll catch you right here next time on the Mythology Show. I wanna taste love and pain. Wanna feel proud.